0: chop it
1: down. chop it down. chop down. chop it chop down, it chop down. watch him throw the ball. We gon' pick it up. You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is Trap A Dive
0: Yes sir, welcome back to another Trap A Dive podcast I'm your host of the Trapper Dive podcast, Marley Marl. Man, The fellas is on the way, AJ is backstage uh, he's gonna be joining us shortly um welcome man man I hope everybody had a nice little holiday weekend away from work hopefully I don't know what y'all i don't know what y'all work situation is looking like but i hope you all had a nice little holiday break um you know washington tried their best to ruin things for me this weekend right but um no weapon formed against me shall prosper baby uh let's get the administrative items out of the way Uh, If you are watching live, we appreciate you watching live. We appreciate you tapping in off the jump, man. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button, especially if you are new. Um, Audio side, man, if you are listening, we definitely appreciate that. Um, As always, uh, if you can help us out, 10 seconds, man, rate, review, uh, show us some love, man. It's free to do so. Uh, As always, I see somebody checking in in the comments. What's going on, Will? Appreciate you checking in, big dog. Um, On this episode, we're going to do... Um, if everybody don't know, I'm I'm on I'm out of town uh in a couple of days. Uh so there won't be a Thursday show. So we're gonna we're gonna mesh in what's going on, Monty. Um we're gonna mesh in the uh the Miami preview for a little bit on the back end um as we get ready for that game. And again, no instant recap this week either. Gonna be out of town in Vegas. Um, so keep that in mind too uh anyway let's go ahead and get aj and i'm assuming he is ready where are we at and boom that's taking care of dakota i'm gonna need you to relax I send your ass to the gulag uh what's going on aj you, you good bro
1: yes sir cool, cool.
0: How, how you feeling man everything all right dog i seen you over here talking about what wait I, that may have been yesterday but i saw that <laughs> the uh the no the no watson the no watching tweet bro like i you a wild dude, man. That was funny as hell.
1: Hey man, allergies killing me, but yeah, had to uh, had to get some relaxation in. No Watson. You know I
0: mean? Let me let me ask you though, on some on some real, on some real, cuz I was just talking to somebody uh yesterday about like massages and they do massages like often. And and they didn't necessarily say like once a month or anything like that, but often meaning like I only got a massage done like once in my life. So when, how one often, time in your whole life? Yeah, now it was two years ago, and I, and I and the crazy thing is I loved it. Like I love the jump, but like how often do you get a massage, bro? Uh,
1: it's part of self care routine, but it just really boils down to where and who. Uh, so uh, a couple years ago, I tore my right quad tendon. So oh yeah, that's when I that. that's when I really kind of stepped up the massage thing a little bit more, not just for relaxation purposes, but just, like, physical therapy aspect and releasing some of the the, the tissue or whatever within my knee uh, due to the injury. So my home girl would come to my house maybe two to three times a month to, to do the massages, but, like, she's a professional, like, to the point where I helped her get a job with the, the Washington Wizards and Mystics. Or whatever. So she's actually the wizard's uh, physical therapist um, currently. So yeah,
0: I mean, well, she, she do like a. Do you do? You mentioned like, do you do it like a deep tissue joint? Is that that what you do?
1: Uh, it all it all depends. So I really kind of like just let her tell me what she thinks works. So I'll do like uh deep tissue. Uh, sometimes I'll do like more so like uh, soft tissue. Uh, we might even do dry needling, whatever the case is for for however I'm feeling, cause like the
0: hell is a dry needling? Don't tell me that's the junk where they actually put the they put the little needle the acupuncture junk. Yeah, yeah,
1: the acupuncture, oh, like oh, yeah. Uh, but in in this regard, like just uh being being out in mid man, like massage like $25, 30 dollars, bro, like for an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, that's why I said no Watson, because <laughs> uh, I ain't want people to think it was all some like creepy shit. Man. But I, I, I just, hey we let Watson my... turn that. It, I'm
0: about to say we didn't <laughs> massages are perfectly fine, man. Don't don't get uh, a little paranoid, yeah, man. But you know I just,
1: I just included it in my self care, man. I think more more of us men, you know, need to 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 be gentle and and, and graceful to ourselves. So I get the manicure, pedicure, uh, go get my hair re-twisted, haircut massage whatever I need to do uh just to you know I guess make myself feel cute <laughs> My <ass.
0: laughs>
1: and, re- and relax but yeah I definitely would say if you only had a massage one time in your life man just try to try to do it a couple more times bro even even this trip you're gonna be in Vegas you feel me uh there there's typically a spa at at the resorts I've never Uh, never mind I take that back I have had one in Vegas uh but it wasn't it wasn't at a spa um I'm trying to see maybe I still got the person's number or whatever but yeah like even if you come back home man there's some spots in the area there's some some good people that you know provide those services without any of the the freaky stuff because I will say um I remember quick story before we get into our our regular routine i had sold my agency to another agency that was based in la like some 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 guys or whatever some like kind of younger guys but they were caucasian mm-hmm.
0: um your agency I, meaning like what is what it like mean? my sports agency so
1: like okay. um at the time like who i was representing all the services clients whatever oh I sold all right them. okay so their way of like celebrating was during the Super Bowl when we we're out uh, Arizona when the Super Bowl was last out in Arizona. Uh, one of the guys was like, "Hey, hey, ride with me. We about to go somewhere, whatever." So I'm thinking like, "Oh, we about to go to like mansion, something, get something to drink. I don't know." Man, we end up pulling up at some uh, massage Asian massage parlor. <laughs> buddy, buddy, buddy was trying to get his fix in, dog. I was like, bro, you gotta be kidding me, son. I would never. Hey,
0: that man put you on a Robert Kraft move, bro. Man, I would <laughs>
1: never, Jeez. dog. I, I would never, ever, ever, ever. Like, I'm talking about the ladies, older Asian ladies. I'm like, man, bro. I was just about out,
0: to bro. ask you. I was like, I was like, now, nah, now, nah, I know you weren't with it, but like, did before you figured out what it was, did they, did they look good? But you said they. Hell no,
1: nah, bro. Like, I was not with it, dog. Like. Ain't, ain't no, ain't no offense to Asian women. I think there's some beautiful ones, but they ain't really my speed. Like, yeah. So I was just like, "Hey, bro, I'ma just sit out in the car, dog." And he was it's so cooler in the car. He was so geeked up, and when he came out, he was so happy, bro. I was like, "Okay, now, That's now I right. understand happy endings." At, before that, he, I didn't know he that. He, he got some self care, AJ. Yeah, he definitely got he got more than to himself care. Like, but I ended up learning, I ended up learning later on in life, like one day I just really needed him size. I went in one spot and lady tried to man, she pretty much sexually assaulted me, dog, without my permission. And I was like, yo, you can chill, dog. But yeah, some of these spots just is, is wild. They're a
0: little, little janky and shit. Yeah, they definitely janky. Janky, jerky, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> dre what's going on with you player
2: ain't hey, shit man another week man shit you know what i'm saying i'm still waiting for january i'm, I'm on i'm on that type of time I'm, I'm just trying to fast forward to january get to this off season get to these fires i feel like aj right now you know how hey, AJ, i the feel like we already this.
1: there i feel like we already <laughs> in draft mode uh firing mode who gonna be the new post gm
2: we already there Bro, like we gotta look right now. And I'm watching the standings every week. I'm watching the losing teams every week because that's that's the only thing I'm watching the NFL for right now. Because I need the highest draft pick possible.
0: I'm I'm looking at um. or no, I'm trying to find a tweet. Um, who said this yesterday? Uh, let me keep scrolling. Good lord, where is it at? Oh, it's a lot. Anyway, I gotta I gotta find this. But there's like there was a report. Um, you mentioned like you feel like we already in January. There's a report out now where they're talking about it's like potentially up to somewhere between seven to ten coaching changes that's gonna occur in the offseason. Um we already got two, and we know there's two more on the way for sure. right? Ron's gone. And I would I would imagine the other guarantee for me is the Chargers do Staley. Like I think those two are the guaranteed. Um, but like this offseason is gonna be crazy. And and I would love because we always we've been saying it for like the past couple of weeks. Like we say that Washington, and and I'm not saying with, with what I'm about to tell you is it is is a disagreement. I don't think it's a disagreement, but it's like we always say that Washington. Um, is in prime position with their draft picks their um their cap space upcoming right like and then obviously you need a gm and you need a head coach like it's prime territory for somebody to like think that this job is really in good standing um i don't disagree but i'm like but what happens when if there if it does happen to be seven to ten total head coach firings or like whole regime changes where does washington rank? In in those potential seven or ten, like, are they still like a top three destiny, like, or is this something where I'm I'm sitting here thinking like, damn, are we are we going to go like to the middle area, like the back end of the the seven to ten? Um, I don't know, man, because this is new territory. Like we we swore up and down, this is somewhat somewhat like players and stuff like that, where we think that coaches are the problem or a player is the problem, and you see some change in nothing changed like i'm this is kind of how my rash like how i'm thinking about it right now is like we swore up and down like this is the opportunity that washington needed but like what if washington is not valued for other reasons that we aren't even thinking and that's kind of how my brainstorming well i i think
1: when when you hear adam shefton say something like that he knows information of course as we all know but he's represented by agency that has let me
0: try to find that tweet that has a
1: that's rep, he's represented by agency that's all, also overseen by a guy named Jimmy Sexton if you know anything about the football world whether it be collegiate or oh, professional yeah. he's represented some of the, the top players over the years but more, most importantly he represents most of, most of the coaches that make up these top programs in the collegiate world and also in the NFL world. So they are getting their guys prepared for these job opportunities. Uh, But if I'm not mistaken, the owners changed the rules of how you can actually go about hiring and interviewing uh, a head coach. Um, I think one of the rules is like, let's say, for example, if you possibly wanted to go after Brian Johnson, that is the office coordinator for the eagles and the eagles end up advancing to the playoffs you can't interview that person until i think it's like after after like divisional round or something like that it's something along those, something along those lines where let's say if a top tier client uh not client but top tier prospect and their team is advancing in the playoffs, you're pretty much like behind the eight ball of being able to interview who you want to uh, because they don't want to have like distractions for those guys. As we've seen, the Cardinals got fined um, for Jonathan Gannon, you know, interviewing with the Cardinals in advance, and they ended up coming to some type of agreement and swapping picks due to that violation. Um, but I think it really just boils down to that particular prospect. Uh, One of my one of my good friends is actually a uh, coaching agent and represents some of these guys that will be available to the marketplace. Um, You know, every guy got different preferences. Like some guys, it might matter on who's the owner, how much money they can get guaranteed, how many years can be on that contract, how much control, how much say so they'll have in uh, GM that possibly might get hired um some guys want four-year contracts some guys want six-year contracts to feel more committed uh just really all hey pause
0: pause so that's because that's a good that's a really good point it made me think about um two areas and and i'm i'm gonna draw draw a blank on this the second one but the first one is cal cal and john lynch got married for what was like six seven years or something like that yeah Uh, oh and and then john gruden he had a 10-year contract um and that motherfucker ain't last all but two years. But to that point being, though AJ and, and, and why I wanted to pause for a second, who in Washington or who for Washington fits best? Like I feel like what's coming, what's coming up next for for Josh Harris in my in my imagination is a uh, a person and uh, in, in GM GM head coach combo where you're looking at least at least like five. Like you want something a little bit more. You want something long term here. Ah, uh, which your, which your, which your first hiring? because it's like you're trying to establish some level, some level of. I mean, obviously you can fire him at any time, but some level of st- stability would show within what, like a five year, five plus year contract or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, e- either way, the contract is guaranteed. You feel me? So it all depends on your cachet as, as that prospect. So let's say if you're a highly touted guy uh, right now, a lot of people would say Ben Johnson is the name, right? In order to possibly lure him from other teams, you might have to either pay him a little bit more, or guarantee him an additional year of a contract, or you might have to have offsetting language in his in his contract to where if he does get fired during that tenureship, he still gets to keep that money or not, uh, depending on if he goes and get a job elsewhere that could be on the collegiate level or with another NFL team. Um, I think Washington would be five years. I think the only team I could possibly see agree to a six year would be the Carolina Panthers, just due to the fact of how many guys have been fired under that ownership group already (laughs) It's like, Hey man, guarantee me the six. Cause even uh, Frank Wright, his contract was for four years. So I want to say Matt rule was for four years as well, either five, but I feel like with how many fires taking place, lately whoever wants that job is going to say hey man guarantee me six years um because at the end of the day you could get fired whenever so you really can't guarantee yourself time to do the job it's more so let me secure my finances in case this okay. motherfucker decides to go another direction with, <laughs> within any given moment um mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's that's really the interesting part what Josh Harris does. I think a lot of us have tried to like tap into what he's done from the NBA side, NHL side. Uh, I really don't know what direction they're going to go, but I can't really, I don't know. A part of me doesn't feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, a part of me doesn't feel like they would give this job to a first-time head coach that hasn't experienced the league long enough
2: um
0: that's glad that's said, i assessment. want i want dre to go first but i'm glad you said that i'm gonna circle back i'm gonna circle back to that one
2: yeah i mean not even saying this because i'm a washington fan but i mean who wouldn't find this situation very attractive i mean from the gm standpoint the coaching standpoint because essentially there's no promises to anybody or no allegiances to anybody in the building whether that be the front office side of it the business side or the, you know, the personnel side, the coaches side, whatever, like there, there's going to be a clean blank slate for anyone coming in here. And, you know, obviously the GM has to come first. I mean, that's the, that's the first thing, you know, that's, that's the important thing that Josh has to get right. I mean, you know, a lot of people say he usually goes for the analytically driven guys. And you got to think that, Whatever GM they hire, at least in my opinion, he's probably going to hire someone he has some kind of relationship with. Um, he's probably—I mean—they're going to hopefully they're going to do their due diligence and interview multiple people. But at the end of the day, they, they might be somebody with a working relationship, so that's even better. If you have a working relationship or you actually know or familiar with the guy that's coming in, then you're you're at least knowing. Hey, I got some stability here. And as far as AJ is talking about with the contracts, I mean the NBA side. Josh Harris is pretty lenient with the contracts he usually gives his coaches. Uh Doc Rivers was top five in coach's salary at eight million um a year. Um he he had a five-year contract, so his was five years, 40 million dollars. Uh Nick Nurse, the current coach of the 76ers. Four years, $32 million. That's an $8 million salary. Again, top five. So I think whoever's coming here, they're going to – I don't think uh, salary is going to be a problem. They're going to pay you probably top dollar, more than likely top five. Whatever top five average salary is in um NBA, they're going to be somewhere in there. So, again, I mean, as far as the seven to ten uh, openings that may, ha- may happen, I got to think that we're going to probably fall somewhere in the top three because, I mean – Even if, you know, a a lot of coaches probably want to go somewhere where they could either pick their quarterback or they're going to have some kind of attractive situation coming into the quarterback thing. Sam Howell, I mean, while none of us are really, you know, convinced or, you know, super... Well, we don't really know what his ceiling is, or you know how the rest of the league evaluates him right now. I think he at least makes the situation attractive enough. If they can't go out and get their guy yet, that he can hold it down for now, and they can still kind of see what they have. So that's that makes the situation even more attractive. You know, well as Sam Howell, essentially Sam Howell's a fallback option in a sense. You know, because if you're picking as high yeah. as Washington, yeah, if you're if you're picking as high as Washington is going to be picking this off season, quarterback. I mean, drafting a quarterback is definitely on the table. And again, new regime, new people coming in. Sam Howe doesn't have a promise by anyone right now, not even the owner. And that's the first time this has happened. I was trying to sit there and think the other day, have we been in a situation, at least in the Dan Snyder era, where a guy has come into a situation. I think maybe Steve Sperry has been the only one that got kind of got to pick his quarterbacks when he first came in, (laughs) you know, um, Maybe Mike Shanahan because I know he brought Donovan in. I'm about to say year.
0: he brought Donovan, yeah. but I don't know if Donovan was his move.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, I think that was just a hey, we're gonna you know a bridge guy at least. I mean, in that sense. But then you know, Mike. I also mean, had to deal
0: with- what about how did how did Mark Brunell come about? I know, I know, obviously, Joe drafted Jason, but how so did Mark Brunel come? We, about?
2: We, when Mark Brunel was, uh, when, when that situation, Patrick Ramsey was actually still here. When Mark Brunel yeah, was I, here. Remember, I remember. And I think the expectation was going to be that Patrick Ramsey was going to start and then. I don't know I think when Joe and them got here, they were like, oh, I don't know if we can roll with this guy. And then I think that's how the Mark Brunel idea came. But Joe Gibbs is probably Pat the only hurt one week one. Yeah, right? Pat, he did. Yeah, he did get hurt, but he just still wasn't any good. Like the, in the game no, that yeah, he yeah. got the game he got hurt. There was one thing I knew good. back then. I was like, Yeah, Pat. I was like Pat. <laughs> yeah, Pat ain't he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and, and but Joe was like the only one that kind of had free will to do what he wanted in the Snyder Erica Snyder just respected him so much. But everyone else dealt with some level of meddling or even some level of When they came in, they kind of had to deal with. The allegiance from another staff or allegiance to another front office because these were Snyder hand picks or something, someone Snyder wanted to give a chance. So my point is here, this is the first time as a Washington fan that we're not entering an off-season, you know, well, at least face it a new regime where we're gonna be having to force something on this new regime. They get to come in here and pretty much do what they want to do, wipe the slate clean if they want to, or they can keep some guys whoever they like. But the point is, it's gonna be their decision. So at the end of the day, I do think this is gonna. Be be a top three destination, even if it's a lot of openings.
1: Yeah, I think I think what makes Washington a more attractive opportunity is the fact that the GM and the coach get to they get to set up their own arrangement, essentially. Like when you look at it, they get to establish. You know, GM is going to get hired before the head coach, but that GM will already be able to give the ownership group an idea who they want to be their head coach um and that's just based off relationship just like any business like um relationships matter and that's that's what's really going to cultivate who is the who is the head coach like as soon as that is announced who the gm is you kind of can already go to the tree of relationships and figure out who's going to be the head coach
0: um yeah like you you mentioned your idea of and we got to I ain't even we got this is the last thing I say in uh last conversation we could have on future things. Um, but you mentioned AJ, uh everything with the, the relationship between the GM and the head coach, but also mentioned who you think based on Josh Harris um and his idea. I I guess that's kind of where or Magic even mentioned this question about shouldn't the GM hire the coach and not the owner. Um, I, I think ultimately though, I understand your direction. Um, I, I've been pondering this same thing in terms of like the idea of who is gonna be the next head coach for Washington because it seems like Washington needs and this is like perspective. This isn't based on like fact or anything, just my perspective. But I'm like, Washington is in this space where like um it seems as if the players don't even understand what what winning looks like anymore. Like they're lost and they're content um in in the way in which ron rivera runs things and it looks like the coaches don't have answers uh not saying everyone i'm saying them like the the, the biggest people involved uh coordinators um i mean obviously one got fired in del rio uh but but then ron rivera doesn't have answers either uh but i I think that they need guidance from a sense of somebody who can really relate to them, but also like get the point across of what it's going to take to win um, and, and what they need to like their mentality in terms of what it takes to win and, and like being able to communicate something that I'm not saying that a new coach can't do this, but I'm saying like somebody with a track record of having wins on their record in, in prominent spaces. Right. And and that's where that's AJ. That's where I was kind of at with, with that head coaching thing. I, I feel like um, I'm not saying that that's going to be the route, but I started accepting that possibility over the past few days, much more than I thought it was going to be a fresh new guy uh, with a, with a new face uh, for the league to, to witness.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Like that's why I said it's so important on uh, who they hire as GM and how they want to establish things. Cause I feel like as much as Ron Rivera preaches culture, they really don't have a culture at, in Washington. A lot of those, those guys on the roster, Yeah, they might have played at high levels for some collegiate programs, whether it be the Alabamas, Ohio States of the world, but what they've been introduced to from an NFL perspective has been losing, has been a losing mentality, not putting in the work, not being prepared, not going the extra mile and and, and paying attention to details. So if it were up to me, man, I wouldn't even look at a Ben Johnson, to be quite frank with you, bro. Like I would look at, guys like Raheem Morris who has coached on the offensive side has coached on the defensive side been a top coordinator in this league still a top coordinator in this league won a Super Bowl also has coached before as you know that guy in Tampa Bay but ended up getting fired at year two relatable to players like comes from that that background as a teacher like I think too many times we focus on the X's and O's too much and not the leadership aspect and who can really build out a a coaching staff. And I tweeted about this like earlier today, I think one of the main reasons why Ben Johnson went back to the Lions is he's so young in the game and he really hasn't cultivated that many relationships. It's hard for him to build out a staff, like building out that staff when you go into those interviews Like, you got to know who you feel confident and you're going to be able to bring in as the OC, the DC, the defensive backs coach, (laughs) the D-line coach, whatever. And if you're a guy that's 35, 36, 37, and you really haven't been around the league, it's kind of hard for you to pinpoint to who you could bring in because it's not just money that can draw them in it's relationships. That's why Mike McDaniels has been able to do what he's been doing in Miami. Even though he's young, he's been all over the league. From Denver to San, Francisco, right. he San Francisco, big
0: Fangio in his second year. Yeah, like. and, but
1: Fangio was with him in, in San Fran. That background, like also yeah. Denver background, like that's what I'm saying. So it's about how you build out that coaching staff. It will be, it's going to be very interesting, man. That's that's what I'm focused on, you know, for the rest of the year.
2: I, I was just going to kind of comment. I actually disagree, AJ. Like I think it's going to be hard to sell this fan base on a retreat coach especially one that didn't really have success in his first year. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hard to sell this fan base on that, especially after Ron Rivera. I mean, Ron Rivera, they view as the ultimate retreat. I mean, there's been reports of Bill Belichick, and fans have turned that notion down. So imagine if you dangle Raheem Morris' name out there, who didn't have a successful stint as a head coach in Tampa Bay. And I mean, I think he was an interim at Atlanta for a little bit, but either way, that was a dumpster Mm -hmm. fire um, season for them. But it's going to be hard to kind of sell the fan base on that because right now I think a lot of the fan base, they're looking around the rest of the league and they're kind of trying to get some kind of copycat thing going. And then there's this trend that offensive coaches are more likely to succeed um, in today's NFL. I mean, obviously that's what the game is. It's an offensive approach to the game. So, and I think with Josh... You can continue,
0: continue, but who are the top, who are the defensive coaches in the NFL today, right? I think about... Um, obviously, Mike Tomlin. Um, I think about Todd Bowles. He, he's talking coaches. about head coaches, yeah. Head coaches. What, which like, one
2: of the hardball brothers Mike. is at the Ravens? Is it Michigan. John or Jim? Uh, that's uh, that's, uh that's, John. that's John. He's special teams, he's special. Okay, teams. okay. but he got a defensive um, background too, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, um, so
0: Buffalo Sean McDermott. Pete um, Carroll. so you got three. Uh, you said Pete Carroll, yeah, yeah Pete 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 Carroll. Carroll. that's true. Pete yeah. Carroll, um, like Rance. Demico, DeMico Rhines was the one I was about. I was definitely about to bring up, and then Brandon Staley, bum ass, and then Ron Rivera, bum ass, and like, then Gannon for the Cardinals. Yeah, Gannon. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm a he'll watch. I'm gonna just do seven. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's up yeah. with Arizona right now. But seven, you got seven for show. Sure. Um, like my thing is, and and I'm, I think to to add on to the conversation, like I don't think that's wrong, but I think because because I'm even in the sense of like we've had a defensive coach recently. And I want to change things up, but I don't, I don't mind going back to the wheel If that means the offensive coordinator is either somebody who's established somewhere um, in terms of like, they're, they're a legit up and comer. Like their, their name is ringing through culture circles. um, Or you're talking about a person who has familiarity with the roster here. And that's where the enemy fits in. Like, I think those are the kind of the things where you look at an offensive coordinator um, in terms of under a defensive coach, like you got to find something that you can, Allow to to blossom with if you choose to go with your young quarterback that's currently on the roster. How or we're going to go and bring a new quarterback in. Like, right, but you got to allow that to blossom and and allow it to 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 see to, to see that through. And I think that. Will probably be the most important thing if you get a defensive coach. I think. Bottom line, yeah. I don't. I don't have a problem with a defensive coach. And, and but, some people, hey, m- oh, go ahead. Uh, Dre, you guys, some people
1: mentioned a uh, Robert Sala, Mike Ray, uh, Rabel, Bill Robert Bill Sala. Yep. My bad. Uh, and Rabel. Yeah. Damn. There we go. I think. I think there's no. It, it's all the crap side, just like, just like the uh, draft. Like you really don't know. Like you can hit on a guy, or you, or you cannot. You know what I mean? There's teams that have offensive coordinator mindset. Head coaches that is ass. We just seen one get fired. And Frank Bright, the one couple weeks ago was Josh McDaniels. He he's always been the wonder boy. You feel me at the NFL and he got fired. So it just really all depends.
0: Yeah, I see yeah, yeah, for sure. Mike Vrabel. Um, what do we know about Iber Anything? Is he is he defense?
2: Uh I think he's defense either way the bears suck <laughs>
0: <laughs> right um they do uh okay so where are we at all right bet so um as we kind of gear up for the Miami game right uh let's kind of talk about something that is useful for the Miami game but also like something that Ron said uh, hmm. uh what's today Tuesday yesterday or maybe even Friday I'm not sure but he obviously after he fired Ron, uh Jack del Rio he said that he was going to change some things up defensively. Uh things were going to be a little bit more simpler, but he's going to try and find some ways to get some one-on-ones with his guys up front. Um, were you all at with, with with this with this idea or, or even just the comments in itself? Um, I'm in this space where like I've said it like a thousand times on this show. Um I I never said how I felt about it, just just observations. Jack Del Rio would never Put Chaser Montez on the same side. They, he would never change their alignments in the sense of like their majority of their alignment is their outside the tackle. Um, that's it. That's all. You ain't had nothing else to worry about. And it was like if you if you if you got singled, win it. If you got doubled, good luck. But I need you to win it. Like it was all based on like these one on one opportunities with a four man rush. And God bless you. Don't get uh, double teamed. As if you do then you're usol type thing right um i think that's kind of the the, the biggest thing but when you look at ron and, and trying to create one-on-ones i i do think um it kind of opens a pandora box of what you can potentially see against miami um for him i would imagine now 11 days is a big that's a mini buy but i would imagine for him 11 days ain't enough <laughs> to, to to fix this shit uh but he, he got a job to do and i think um th- the biggest thing hearing hearing him say something like that and in, in, in trying to give these guys a chance defensively is really looking at the tape to seeing which matchups you can exploit and how can you get to them through your through your games or through your uh simulated pressures um if you're even going to do simulated pressures cuz they don't it's it was a it was kind of It was kind of messy back there, man. So um, I get a floor to you all, see if you see see where you all want to take that. But um, I'm definitely interested in seeing, at least for Ron's side, how he marries what he wanted, what he wants to do, and and what it looks like actually on the field uh, this Sunday.
1: I mean, just to make it short on my end, because I really ain't got much to say. They're gonna get cooked either way. But um, my issue is, you're the head coach you could have changed this years ago. Why is it now going to be simplified that you fired Jack Del Rio? Like what, what do you really do?
0: I agree with the idea though, of people saying, um, I don't know who said it earlier today. Um, cause I was listening. I don't know who I was listening to. Um, that was a sensitive radio. And, um, like even, like if you respect Jack Del Rio, right. And you respect him as a coordinator, um, and you respect them. I'm not saying that obviously with a leadership standpoint, you, you could I, I don't disagree with AJ. He should have been did it. Um, but I also think that from thinking from Ron's perspective, he's like, Look, man, I brought Ron, I brought I brought uh Jack in here to do his thing. Like, if Jack going if he's gonna single swim, he's gonna single swim doing his own thing. And and I that's where I that's where I'm like, all right, well, uh Jack is doing something different from what I do, but I'm gonna let him rock out because I trust him. And that's kind of where I think that's what Ron got in trouble with. So to your point, AJ, you said what do you do? Like I just think that he really he really let uh Jack just rock out with his own shit.
1: Man, look, that's like me coming on trap and dive and saying, like, this is your thing, Ma. But hey, we're gonna change up the song, we're gonna change up what we talk about. We now not gonna talk about football no more. We're gonna talk about sex and relationships.
2: <laughs>
0: like but that's completely you, drastic from I'm, the game playing play though no I, I, i'm saying that what i'm saying like i i get i get the the comparison or the, the analogy but at this i was like that's now that's drastic like how i gotta drastic, follow but i gotta follow your lead they?
1: you brought me in like i'm you are my authority pretty much like at the end of the day like that's where i have the issue with ron it's like at some point you have to realize that whatever he's doing does not work. So, either you move on from that individual overall, or y'all have differences in philosophy, or you step in and you say, Hey, let's try it this way, let's see how it works. Because if you're not doing any of those things during the tenure ship, like we're not talking about a, a, a span of a of couple games here, we're talking about you guys have a long standing relationship before even coaching with Washington. And now that he is the d c of defense and it's been years, like when do you step in and and give your opinion also the fact that you come from a defensive background, being a former defensive coordinator? It's like why did you wait until this man was fired to voice your opinion? It's like that that's what's alarming to me. y'all should all be on a collaborative effort as a as a staff that's that's just how I view it because whatever the d c ends up coming up with game plan wise and from a, a a scheme wise uh philosophical standpoint has to be then passed down to the the position coaches for them to teach the proper technique and so on and it's like if if y'all not on the same page of what you really want for your defense the staff that you put together that's a bigger problem than anything.
0: I, I don't think you are wrong Andre you got the floor. I, I don't think you're wrong Brad I just think like Ron thinks a particular way and like in order to even get into the mind of which he'd operate. Cause there's, there's two, there's two perceptions. Like either he really genuinely gave Jack like his own, like he just didn't meddle in anything he had going on or um, he's doing his fluff thing again in the media to, to appease the people that's listening to him. And like, it's either one or the other. And we'll find out Sunday, but also like I'm I'm so uh, interested in the idea because I know that there was so much that could have been done with this defensive line that I'm willing to listen to him and then hold him accountable uh, after the game to see if some some things that he wanted to do were actually done. Um, but Dre, you got the floor.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, if we do see a big difference out there, <laughs> it's going to be funny, especially if it's a difference in a positive way. Because, I I mean, it's hard not to kind of go back to Ron's process when he was hiring coordinators. I mean, because you think about it when he went the offensive route, I mean, which is not Ron's side of the ball. Ron is a defensive guy. He he went with the most inexperienced coordinator he could find in Scott Turner. You know, he didn't decide to go to season offensive coordinator route with a guy who may already have whatever kind of philosophies he has and go with from there. But on the defensive side, he chose to go with a very experienced guy who already has his own philosophies. And I don't think ron and jack had a working relationship professionally in the nfl i could be wrong but i don't think they worked together anywhere so you got to think the philosophies were a bit different so why would Ron, as a defensive guy, kind of go out and hire a guy that, you know, kind of has different visions for, for the defense? I mean, I know Jack Del Rio had been successful at every stop of the way, but you as a head coach, you would think that you want to kind of build this roster, especially on the side that you're familiar with more, with people who kind of align with your your vision and your philosophy. So it's it just kind of confusing in that sense, you know, when you think about the process. So it will be interesting to watch over these next few weeks how successful is Ron's changes, so to speak. I mean, he's putting it out there, but again, Ma, you could be right in the sense that this could be more fluff pieces from Ron, where he just give he just he thinks he's telling us what we want to hear. You know, uh, I guess for however a little bit of time he has left here in Washington, you know, he's gonna you know say to say what he thinks everyone wants to hear. But again, the results will show. But either way. I don't think it's going to be a great look on Ron because, you know, for one, like I said, we're going to go back and say, hey, you know, this is what doomed you. Kind of like with Jay Gruden. When Jay Gruden was here, we always said that what doomed Jay Gruden was his selection of defensive coordinators. I mean, Joe Barry, Greg Minuski, you know, these were guys who probably, you know, weren't weren't good for him on that side of the ball. And Ron Rivera has Jack Del Rio, who he ends up keeping with him pretty much all the way up until the last bone. And now you're saying you're going to do something different in the last five to six games, or however many games are left in the season. Like now, now you're going to bring us something different. So even if it is a positive change, it's going to be too little, too late.
0: Yeah, um, definitely late. Um, there's nothing that he can really do to save it. Uh, I do think, like as you were talking, Dre, uh, I, I do think like there's a way that he can. Um. Like I'm convinced, so I may not be the person that this applies to, but I guess people who are kind of on the fence of like the talent on this roster, uh, I, I think at the very least, like if he does happen to be saying what he wants to say in in like meaning like exactly what he's like whatever he's hinting to in the media, his questions, Q and A, all that stuff, I think that if it if it works out for Washington's defense. And they perform better than the 31st ranked defense in the NFL, 32nd ranked defense in the NFL. And like these players start to stand out a little bit more based on how Ron is doing things. I mean, and if you even come out the gate holding the Miami Dolphins to 24 points and 320 yards, 330 yards, not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying like in terms of like his game plan and in the production on the field and then the production on the field where it matters most which is up front because that's the biggest question mark that's the biggest disappointment of the whole season for that unit that defensive unit um maybe you you end up saving the perception of some people and also like increasing their value in terms of how how they can be used for the next regime i don't know maybe like cuz right now the value around a lot of people on that defensive side is low um you don't really have i mean we're talking about the defense but like from a roster standpoint you don't really have that many people on the offense that you look at and say like i i love these guys for the next the next people to come through um so that's kind of where i think that ron can really look out for his guys as if he actually puts them in position to win and like the players show that they're actually bought in to to what ron changes are and how he's using that on the field for the next five games um shit you got a hell of a test miami <laughs> uh dallas again especially if they're playing for something odds are if it's the last game of the season they ain't playing for shit but if they're playing for something you got that like the jets i mean well no, the jet it's crazy mind you i'm sorry last thing because i know i'm it's crazy how washington just came off a game with nine sacks right and and there was legitimately some people who believed that this defensive line was really like Ron made the right moves with his with this defensive line. And they come back against the, the New York, I mean the Dallas Cowboys on the Thursday night Thanksgiving football and give up uh, only only create 14 pressures throughout the whole day. And Dak Prescott leaves the, the game with a clean white and blue jersey, bro. But you know the thing
2: about that 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 nine sack game that they had, Maul. They didn't create havoc in that game. A lot of those sacks were like covered sacks. or Yeah, it was no havoc created in the pass rush. It was like they were more so fortunate sacks. So they, for me watching it, I didn't feel like going for. oh, man, you know, this is a defense. They about to finally get out to the quarterback. I felt like, oh, man, you know, that was just a young quarterback that didn't really know how to handle the pressure or <laughs> he, he, he didn't know what he was looking at a lot of those times. And we just had fortunate sacks. So I didn't take too much from that. But I know some fans did.
1: Dre Mayo had two or three out of those nine sacks. Come on, yeah, like we already knew what time he was. Like for David Mayo to have sacks, bro. Like, come on, son. um, Ron is in a lose lose in this situation. If they look better, people are gonna be like, oh, you really stupid. Um, and if they look the same or worse, you're gonna be like, hey, your ass is still out of here. You feel me? Like. <laughs> Because if they come out and they look like a better defensive unit under his tutelage alongside uh, Richard Rodgers, people going to be like, the hell did you wait all season to do this for? Like, it, it, it's going to look stupid. So, I don't know. But it is what it is, man. Either way, he'll be uh, in Charlotte kicking it with Frank Wright. Uh, um, January. That's when it'll be. And they can plan their vacations. They can go golfing, maybe in the Bahamas. Uh, they could visit Bali. Uh, they can go to Hawaii, you know, maybe, uh, hey. if any travel agents out there, you know, make sure to, to send some, some emails or make some phone calls. Hey, AJ, if, if, if,
2: if he going to be hanging with Frank, Wright, I don't know if he want to do that. Frank, right. Might be laughing at him about that cost of win street.
1: Oh Lord Jesus! <laughs> hey man, they 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 got a good relationship. That's why that's why that happened. You feel me? He trusts Frank Wright so much that his ass ended up getting fired and fired. It, it's crazy how everything is intertwined. Like Frank Wright traded him Carson Wins, like you said. Frank Wright went and took his old job with the Panthers, like, and now they both about to be on the couch and never coaching again because. Ain't nobody in their right mind will ever hire those two ever again as a head hey, coach. Hey,
0: Frank said he done. He kind of he, he knows. Um, right, he's knew. getting he got free money. Yeah, I'm he, about to say he ain't shit about nothing. <laughs> um, all right, so uh um, Hey Jay Tyler, what is what is your what is your issue? <laughs> That's what I was like. Laughing. You, you want me to talk about Ron Rivera
1: being well, good? Like <laughs> Talk about it's crazy how much joy AJ takes talking about Ron <laughs> being bad. He sucks. What you want me to do? Like
0: praise him? Hey, um, <laughs> look, man, I don't know, cause I mean, at the end of the day, like he's the head coach, and on top of that, I, I could have sworn we were talking about some of his comments that he made over the past couple, what, what the past day or something like that about the changes that he's gonna make. Um, I think for for Washington. Uh, like I, like I mentioned, I think that is something that I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm seriously interested in seeing like if he's either holding true to his word or, and, or just giving the media fluff. Cause they want to hear something like that. I think that's important. Um, But even as you move further into the game against Miami, um I think this continues the, the series of tests on the offensive side of the football. Like matter of fact, even before I get there, we got, because we got about a good 10 more minutes. Um, all right, one more thing to close out defensively. Uh I don't know what the secondary is gonna look like in terms of this whole thing under Ron. Um Jay Tyler again. We're talking about Ron because he's the actual play caller now. Like could have talked about Jack, but Jack got fired. <laughs> um, but like I don't know, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily know what the coverage is going to look like here for, for Ron. And, and if he's going to stick to like his cover three thing, because that's what really made the Carolina defense famous. You really had a linebacker who could do it all. And Luke Keekly, obviously Thomas Davis was pretty good too, but Luke Keekly was the, the thing who had, like that was the piece who had things moving um, on that second level and how he, his athleticism let him do a lot of the things that other people couldn't do. But, um, or other linebackers uh like, I don't expect much changes here from that standpoint either. Like, are, are we just going to, like, is he trying to, is he going to disguise coverages a little bit differently? Or um, like how drastic would the changes be on the back end uh, with these guys? Like, are you going to bench people too? Like, that's another thing. Percy Butler uh, gave up a big catch to Brandon Cooks. Um, Like very simple. And I don't understand like how you're in week 12 and, and the same thing keeps happening to you. Maybe they, they, maybe teams dress it up well, but his, his eyes and his processing, like he allows his hips to his, his hips to get manipulated so easily um, because his eyes are in the, the backfield as opposed to actually trying to pattern match or, or even understand the route concept that's in front of him um. And I I don't know what that means for the coordinators slash coaching staff altogether, um, but but like even from that safety standpoint, I said it even before Percy, like the cornerbacks weren't getting that much help from the safeties, and and it's crazy because Emmanuel Forbes at this point week twelve week thirteen he wasn't really having a good season a very good season um to this point, but I still defend him from the standpoint of like even if he was. Having some situations like his support on the third level with the safeties just wasn't there. Um, but so I kind of give it back to y'all when I ask about the coverage. Um, I, I don't necessarily know how much things are going to change on the back end on that on that second and third level from a secondary standpoint. Um, and, and I don't even know if you're gonna be able to make any changes from a bench, um, putting people in like Quan Martin, I like him. Uh, I, I like how he's playing, but uh, like, is he going to replace somebody? I don't necessarily know.
2: Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta wonder that, but it is unfortunate. I know with uh, Emmanuel Forbes, because I was hoping that he was, we were going to see a little bit more of him down the stretch um, because right before that Seattle game, um, who was it? The Patriots, where he had his best game against and then he gets yeah. ejected in the Seattle game. And I thought we would see a lot more of them, but then, he got injured, and we we're we're not going to see him probably for the rest of the season, which is unfortunate. But again, Percy Butler, I think he's been pretty awful. If you ask me, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if a lot if that's a popular opinion or not. But again, I mean, do you bench him? I mean, Qualm,
0: Martin, Jay say Defo Defo hurt, but De- Derek Forrest wasn't. Derek Forrest wasn't. He regressed. At, the, sorry, season, I didn't, didn't even he? mention. Yeah, I about to say yeah, Derek yeah, Forrest he, he wasn't that good, but also Derek. Oh, I said Derek Carr, Cam Curl. I don't know where the hell Derek Carr came from. Cam Curl is. He hasn't like his, his new roles. I, I just think he's been he's been late to, to quite a few things as like that post safety. And I don't think that should be his role. I think he really needs to stay in the box. Go ahead, Dre.
2: Yeah, no, and that just reminded me. I mean, because Defoe, I thought he was only gonna be out for like what three or so weeks. It that turned into the whole season didn't it like wow we're not seeing him but yeah that's one thing but again I, I did thought that he I didn't think he was having a good season um I thought he you know regressed a little bit from what we saw last year from him I thought he was forcing some turnovers I thought maybe we would have a free safety that can go out there but he wasn't having the best of the season, but still he wasn't as bad as Percy Butler is in my opinion. Um, I think Percy Butler has really struggled back there, especially with his angles, you know, certain times you're wondering where he's at, but that was some of the things you've seen on his college tape. So maybe something changes with the coverage standpoint The Ron might change on that end. But I do hope that we see a lot more Kwan Martin. I mean, these guys like Quan Martin down the stretch, I hope to see them getting like at least 80 to 90% of the snaps. I mean, cause that's what this should be all be about at this point. It should be about evaluating the young guys. I know Ron, especially if he's not going to be here next year, he doesn't, he, he probably won't have much of a vested interest on what happens after. So I don't know if it's, you know, the biggest interest that he has will be developing in younger guys, but I do hope that's the case because I mean, Quan Martin, we invested a second round picking him. It's time to see what he can do with playing on the field you know, more. I don't know if that's something that Ron's going to go to um, Danny Johnson. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think he's had a okay season this year. I mean, we'll see, you know, um, if he can make some plays down the stretch, but what was your say, Mo? <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> no, I mean, because these, are that, that's you, one Robbie? of the guys that they, you know, they, they bench Forbes and, you know, they brought Danny Johnson in. You know, but none of these none of these moves have panned out. So you just wonder how much different things are going to be down the stretch. I don't have a lot of faith that things are going to change much. But again, I just hope to see the young guys, man.
1: Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I I just want to see how the communication on the back end looks. Um, if they do simplify things, can can guys still can they attempt to get the job done with the simplification? Uh, of the coverages and, and the scheme, um, I think you know when Ron comes out and says he wants to get the D tackles and more man to man opportunities. Let's see if Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne can can create some havoc, whether it be in the 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 runs um, or or the pass rushing game. Uh, Jonathan Allen pretty much said he's he's as healthy as he could possibly be. Uh, for this time of the year, so he's not saying that the injury that he kind of started the season off with is affecting him by any means. So, um yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what you want to see. But I mean, it's not it's not a favorable matchup for Rob Rivera to come in and and take over the defensive. I was ranks when going against too. like
0: damn, bro, you <laughs> fired you fired Jack, you fired Jack right before you had to play the Dolphins, huh?
1: Yeah, like you're going against <laughs> one of the most explosive uh offenses and. You have to be really prepared in advance to understand all these motions. Like they, they're probably the number one motion team in the NFL offensively. Uh, so you will have to simplify things just because of the team that you are facing. But it's not, it's not a pretty matchup when you change the defensive coordinators and, and having to go against Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, um, Raheem Morsett uh to a tango who is a pretty damn anticipatory quarterback and accurate uh and like i said there's gonna be a lot of motion and we all know that this team does not do good with motion under jack del rio um <laughs> it's it's a nightmare matchup bro like so it'll be interesting to see how it looks but i i still expect them to get um
0: blown out pause <laughs> Um, offensively, if we look at Sam and this offensive line, um, and, and just this, this whole weapon, weaponry all together, uh, what are we thinking about against this defense? Um, on the surface, if you look at the Miami Dolphins, uh, statistically, right. I mean, obviously eight and three, but defensively they're the seventh best defense in yards per game um they still they give up a lot of points but yards per game there is the seventh best um damn near top 10 in both the run and the pass uh, they're 11th in, in passing yards per game allowed um i think um sam from a macro viewpoint right i'm not about against his specifics i think sam's like when you're talking about a level of competition being uh an uptick uh it started with it honestly started with the giants um the second game like that was a rematch because you're talking about a wink martindale who can really like play on your level of expectations of what he's going to do um but point being dallas is like the real step up in competition right Then you're talking about the Dolphins right now. And I'll pause there. We kind of know who's on the back end after the Dolphins. But this is that continuation of, like, how are you within the rhythm of the game or the rhythm of the play uh, if you're passing as much as you are? I don't know. I mean, I've been saying feed Brian Robinson all season. All together, just get something going in the ground game. Um how much are we counting on this same team to, to put up that uh, balanced attack against the Miami Dolphins? Are we going to see that, or was that more so of a one-off um, against the, the the New York Giants for the most part?
2: I mean, I think we probably will see it a lot more because I, I think I've noticed. I mean, it's, it's still not a significant number, but the last couple of weeks – Eric Bieniemy has kind of made a bit a bit more of an effort to have more of a balanced attack on offense. I mean, that's why we're seeing a lot more Brian Robinson. I mean, there's even been plays that's actually shocked or drives, I should say, that's actually shocked me when well, he's running two times in a row. I'm like, wow, that's Eric Bieniemy offense. Like he's actually running the ball two times in a row in a drive. You know, before it was like, hey, pass, 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 and we might see a run on the next drive. <laughs> you know, so may- maybe this is part of his plan. Maybe he likes to do this more as the season goes on. You know, it gets. Colder when it gets colder, teams do tend to like to run the ball a little, little bit more. So, I don't know if that's something, um, you know, that Eric Vietnam kind of keeps in mind, but I do kind of hope we see it. I mean, because you know, it, it'll benefit Sam more, too. You know, in with him not dropping back every time, you know, throwing. You know, it does throw the defense off a little bit, you know, to expect the run or have to at least, you know, play the run. Maybe it can open things up for Sam more going down the road, because I do think it makes life a little bit harder on Sam when you're just pass, pass, pass. Now, I do know that, you know, a lot of people consider the um, passing game sometimes to be an extension of the run. And that's probably how Eric the views it in his offense. But I also think it puts Sam at a disadvantage a lot of times, especially in an offense where we don't really get a lot of big plays. Like, this offense is more of a chunk yard yeah. offense, you know, and and being a chunk yard offense, you open yourself up to more mistakes stalling drives. Like, we can have two, three nice plays on a drive, but then we'll have one holding penalty that'll just kill a whole drive, you know, so – if you're not going to be a explosive offense where you're getting a lot of explosive plays, then you're going to have to mix it up a little bit more to kind of minimize what can go wrong on a drive, you know, with, be it a sack, be it a penalty. So that's why I said they're going to have to start um, you know, mixing it up and hopefully we do see that going forward and it'll make it a little bit easier to evaluate Sam at least too.
1: Uh yeah. Think offensive of approach-wise, I, I believe that they'll try to go to the short game as much as possible in the passing game, uh, but I think you will see a combination of them use the run a bit more uh, to try to slow down maybe Vic Fangio blitzing um, and not putting Sam in situations of giving up the ball, uh, as Miami has couple ball hawks on their team, and Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, and uh, Javon Holland um, it will be interesting because Miami also lost Jalen Phillips, one of their pass rushers, uh, due to an Achilles injury on Black Friday. Um, but I think I think that the game ultimately will still be within Sam Howell's control and allowing him to pass the ball and and making plays within the passing game. I don't expect Eric Bieniemy to come out and run thirty five times or even thirty times. Um, I don't know what the weather is looking like for Sunday. Anybody know?
0: Uh, I could check. Go ahead. Keep talking.
1: Yeah. So if it's, I, I think I had seen it might rain Sunday, but either way, I think that they're just going to utilize the rest of these games. Yeah, to,
0: 30% chance for rain. Okay.
1: I think the rest of the way, they'll just utilize these games to, to see if Sam Howell is going to continue to, uh, flourish within like the passing game whether they believe that's what's happening or developing um keep the ball in his hands and, and, and let him make decisions and, and see what what's there.
0: So um will as do they get pressure with four um I would have to dig a little bit deeper but in terms of like their rates their sack rates and pressure rates but does Miami uh, get pressure? I- no 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 will as do they get pressure with four um, but their pressure rates and their sack rate is among top 10 in the league. Uh, their pressure rate uh, so far is 38.5 percent. Um, 38 percent, I don't know why I just did that. 38 percent, um, right behind the Seahawks and right in front of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but they're, they're 10th in the NFL in pressure rate, uh, and then their sack rate is sixth in the NFL. Um, and they get sacks on 10 of the drop or 10 of the pressures, in a sense. Um, I was just gonna say real say
1: quick, yeah, I was gonna say real quick. I think a name that you'll hear a lot Sunday, uh, who will be giving Chris Paul and uh, Larson some fits is Christian Wilkins. Um, oh, yeah, a, lot yeah, people, a lot of people aren't familiar too. with him, but he's one of the top tier interior defense linemen in the league uh that's that's under the radar but he's he's very active and he will be very uh prominent within that game on Miami side defensively
0: hundred percent like that's that's my that's my dog right there I was look I was scouting um not Wilkins but his teammate, his man's um from Alabama um with Miami yeah he's he plays oh, on
1: Deshaun Hand.
0: no it's another oh, dude okay. um Damn, that's about
1: Alabama. Uh, you
0: talking yeah. about Raquan Davis? Raquan Davis, yeah, 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 yeah. I was scouting Raquan, and like, I'm like, bro, like, Raquan ain't like in my head. Like, I ain't really talking. I ain't, that's not how I really felt. Just talking, like, Raquan ain't shit. But that <laughs> that man, Wilkins, bro, like, bro, like, they defense terrible. But this man, cooking, like, he was, he is a or last year, like, he is, he is really that. He's really him. That's a good point. I'm glad you. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you said his name. Um, okay. Let's get our score predictions, and MVPs, and get up out of here. Um, out of Clemson. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, let's go ahead and get a score predictions, and MVPs. I'm gonna say, ooh, this is gonna be so fun. like, I don't know if I'm gonna be watching the game. I, I want to be watching the game. This may be one where I watch it like. In an environment type shit, right? Like I may, I may watch this one at the casino or sports book, Um <laughs> instead of like watching it in the like in at the air at the BNB like solo. Like I may watch this joint at the casino. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just you might like, as, well as well have a sports book taking all the games. Yeah, man, I might as well, bro. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Miami wins. I'm gonna say twenty eight to 17. Uh 2817 the MVP uh, of the game is 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 probably going to be that that boy uh, Tariq Hill. Um ain't no way around it, bro.
1: 2817.
0: Yeah. I I think with uh
1: with how much Dallas scored last week, I got Washington losing 65. <laughs> He's 16. serious. Too. I'm dead ass.
0: Sixty-five to. Bro, they're not about to do that, bro. It's impossible, bro. Sixty-five they not about to, to put 16. up two sixty-point games. That, in that, that'll season, be bro.
2: a score gummy. I've never. I don't think that's ever happened in the NFL. Hell no, it's never no, right? happened. Sixty-five
0: <laughs> to sixteen. Hey, imagine awesome. if imagine if that happened, bro. Like the whole the team, team not gonna is the
1: MVP.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the whole team. All right, man. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm, I, I think I think the wheels are off. I mean, Cowboys pretty much knocked them all the way off last week. I predicted a blowout in that game, and I'm gonna predict another blowout this week. Um, I don't think the Dolphins get 40 on this. I think Ron's differences will keep them to 37. Um, so it'll be 37 to 20. That's what I'm going, and we get a late score. So it's 37 13. Then they get the 20 in the fourth quarter. MVP Tyreek Hill. He's gonna have two touchdowns and about 150 yards receiving.
0: Sheesh. Two tutties. Oh, oh my lord! I saw 56 24. I see Washington winning 42 to 35. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. G's outside said 42 13, hey, but hey, he ain't give a team. So I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and say hey. G, Washington winning 42 13. Player.
1: Hey Monty, what type of drugs you on? <laughs> what, what do
0: you,
1: what do you indulge in?
0: Hey what if <laughs> hey what if, hey, what if they go out there? What if what if Washington go out there and shut shut the Dolphins out 20, 23 nothing, bro? Man, I'd be
2: pissed honestly.
0: <laughs> if, 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 if that, that happened,
2: right. happen, the world is
1: going is going to end later on in that day, like.
2: And I I don't anticipate the world ending. No, I mean, personally, I'll be pissed, bro, because it's like, why do y'all do this all the time? Like, if you could go out there and shut the Dolphins out 23 to nothing, why does it take till week 13 to do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, to do something like this when you're 4-8 and and, you know, you got to go on some kind of crazy run to end the season and have, you know, be in the playoffs, now you want to give us the performance of your life? No, don't do that shit now. I don't want it. keep it. (laughs) <laughs> Bro, who is defending
1: Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle? Like, hey, like Emmanuel Forbes is probably out for the rest of the year. Who is defending any of those guys? And in, in Kendall. This? Yeah, wrap it up. I mean, he got experience <laughs> seeing seeing Tyreek in practice in Kansas City, but Kendall done lost a, a
0: step. Oh, I already know, man. Um, all right, there it is, man. There it was. That is our week 12 aftermath and the game recap again Somebody oh all had 30... to bring up,
1: someone had to bring up taylor haneke
2: <laughs>
1: like 30... how does that even happen bro like all, all 32 is back is uh tomorrow all, man,
0: man. <laughs> uh so we're gonna go ahead and that's gonna be the last episode for this week all 32 tomorrow uh and then we'll be back tuesday uh recapping the dolphins game uh, and then figuring things out from there. So enjoy y'all week, enjoy y'all week, and all that good stuff whenever you're listening. Uh, we up out of here, man. Peace. Damn, set, huh. Watch him throw the ball. We're gonna pick it up. You're gonna let him hit the hole, or you're gonna cut it
1: off. You're gonna play through fourth and longer, you're gonna punt it off. Your defenders, heavy hitters, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is trouble now